and welcome to our podcast, That Coconut Life, where we delve into topics pertinent to the Indian American community. We are your hosts, Jyoti Shichilakori, Rasya Bolu, and Andi Gampa. As three teenagers who have seen the first-hand effects of issues such as colorism, period poverty, and the model minority myth, we are excited to have insightful conversations about these topics and more. So, why the name That Coconut Life? Well, a coconut is brown on the outside and white on the inside, right? This refers to our brown physical skin tone, but we have been told to quote-unquote act white as if being white has a distinct personality or role that one can take on. Just a disclaimer before we get started. We by no means are trying to bash or bring down either India, America, or either country's culture. We merely want to draw attention to some important topics that we believe should be shared with others. Being Indian American has made us who we are today, and we wouldn't change that even if we could. And why wouldn't we change it? There's so many things that we love about being Indian. Some of my favorite things about my Indian heritage are the clothes and the food. The culture is also super vibrant, and you can really see that in all aspects of life. So in today's discussion, maybe we can start with food. The food is super tasty and colorful. It's usually also full of spices. Bland is not in the dictionary for Indian food. Um, I know some of my favorite foods are anything with paneer, and I'm slowly building up my spice tolerance. Joe and Rasia, I know your families love spicy food. Right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think when people, even other Indian people come um, try our food, they're like, oh, it's right. spicy. I think like even within India, um, different like states have different spice tolerances. And I know right. like, in the North, it's also different. Right. So I grew up surrounded by both South and North Indian food because my dad is from the Southern area and my mom is from the like Central North area. So but as much as I love my dosa and idli and Hyderabadi biryani, I feel like I'm more of like a naan and paneer butter masala kind of girl. But what about you guys? I mean, personally, I'm kind of like down for whatever. Yeah. So also the clothes. Um, I love dressing up in traditional Indian attire. It's kind of itchy, not going to lie. Some of the oh, fabric yeah. isn't the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. But the clothes are so colorful and so vibrant. Yeah, I know I know you two dress up often for like family functions and uh Joe, I recently saw your velvet gagra and I was like, "Wow, I I've never seen a velvet fabric like incorporated with these lingas and they're that just like brought me to the attention that um they're always like changing up their style. It's always evolving." Yeah, definitely. I know Indian clothing definitely plays like a really big part of my life because I wear it almost weekly, because I wear traditional clothing to my dance practices since I am learning Indian classical dance. And also recently I had my Sweet 16 and for the event, I was able to get a handcrafted gorgeous langa made and shipped from India. And it was literally the prettiest thing. It was literally a ball gown. It was like covered in sparkles and so much like hand stitch detailing on the blouse. And it was just amazing. Yeah, Rasa Yerlinga was really beautiful. And um, you mentioned the velvet. I think that's also very interesting because like, I, I think as a kid, I always saw the similar type of style with Indian clothes, but especially recently, I think they're really switching up like what they use too in the clothes, like the fabrics and stuff. Like maybe it's because of Western styles changing, but also just like the Indian 
like clothing there is also changing constantly. Yeah, there's definitely like the new like emergence of fusion between like Western and Indian clothing. Because I know now people in India are wearing like Indian tops, like Ritis, but they'll pair them with maybe ripped jeans. So you can like yeah. see how the two cultures are coming together. Yeah, or like a tank top with like a long skirt. So like the skirt's still covering everything, but like your shoulders are kind of out, which maybe 10 years ago, that would have That was been. just, that was a big no-no. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like talking about clothing and how prevalent that is in our lives, like growing up, I think it's the same, it goes the same for entertainment as well. And like how we were raised around Bollywood and Tollywood music. Yeah. In movies, yeah. Even the clothing in the movies, right? Like, yeah. Movie, like the actress is wearing, it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, but there are always these things where it's like they would wear a lot of either Western clothing or really revealing clothing, but we're told not to wear that. Like, we're told not to wear as revealing clothing, but you see in these Bollywood and Tollywood movies that they are. So it's kind of contradicting, but you're also influenced by that at the same time. Yeah, I remember the. For me, it's like the funniest thing how crop tops are a big no-no, but then in yeah. movies they'll be wearing a tiny blouse that kind of looks like a bra, and then a skirt, so their entire stomach is out. Yeah, it's like total double standard, right? Exactly. Like, in the movies, the girl who gets all the guys is showing off so much skin, but in real life, if you show like your shoulders, oh my goodness. Yeah, and I remember I saw this tweet, made me laugh. It was for a country that does not believe in love marriages, they sure do have a lot of romance movies. I can't get over that. Literally the whole industry, I feel like promotes like romance and natural chemistry. And then you see like the actual reality of marriages is like not it's shoddy natural chemistry. It's shoddy.com from what we know. Yeah, and I think that's also changing nowadays. Like I think probably now more than ever, there's more love marriages. Yeah. And that's probably influenced by the entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah, like how can you expect your kids to be like growing up with romance movies and then tell them that falling in love is not acceptable? I know. And I feel like it also kind of creates a glorified image. Right. If that makes sense, right? Like you see this couple like that went through so much and they end up together. They have fancy songs. They're dancing in Switzerland randomly. <laughs> Yeah, they're always, like, going to, like, exotic places, or they're always, like, escaping to, like, European countries, and you're, like, like, why can't you embrace the country you're already in? Exactly, but then the reality is, like, they're probably poor. Like, so much of India is, unfortunately, poor, or, like, their parents don't accept their lover, and so many more problems. I I feel like the industry is a way for a lot of people to escape reality and kind of focus on this, like, fantasy type world where like you're allowed to have this forbidden romance and everything ends up happily and but that's not the reality yeah and I think that's also true with American like Hollywood right. the American film industry um I think the topic of teenagers right like how teenagers are portrayed oh my, in the yeah. American film industry is very very different right like we grow up thinking our high school lives were going to be this like high school musical dancing oh my god yeah but in reality it's like homework stress yeah let me tell you like I went to high school did not see Zac Efron dancing in the gym what's (laughs) that about what is that about I think that there's so much more we could also go into like with colorism in the film industry in America like racism 
right? Like how different races right. are played in Hollywood. And yeah. Fascination of foreign places. Yeah. But maybe we could have like a separate episode on that. I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah. There's so much to talk about the entertainment industry regarding music, dance, and the movie and plots in itself. So. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to cover another episode going more into depth on that. But maybe now we can talk about language and culture. Right. So, I mean, clearly you can see in the movie industry that it's split into like Bollywood, which is Hindi and Tollywood, which is Telugu and Tamil. And I'm sure there are other Hollywoods, but I'm not really sure of them. But that kind of basis, that, that's based on language. And I know we all three understand Telugu, right? Yeah. And that's kind of a big part of who we are. And it also brings us together. It's kind of fun when you can like understand somebody else's family. Right. Like I remember um, in school, I had never met another Telugu girl. Well, I think I know someone, but I just didn't have a lot of classes with her. Um, but you were in my classes and I found out that you spoke Telugu. Like we would talk in Telugu. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a nice connection to have with someone. And if you find someone yeah. who speaks the same language. Right. It just feels like something that connects you on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And like, for, I know for Joe and I, it kind of brought us closer together. And like for us three, it honestly brought us closer together because we just all speak the same language. Yeah. And I think that also brings up like the concept of similar but different mm. with like the different languages. Like every state in India has like their own language almost. Like there's a few national languages. I think Hindi, English. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's another one, but... There's also like 17 official languages. Yeah, there's so many official ones. So it kind of like creates like a split, like in terms of like if you travel in India, you might not be able to understand. <laughs> once you once you right. get power in a different state, you can't understand anymore. Which is I think a tough situation, but also it creates so much diversity. I have a funny story on that actually. So when I went to India to visit my extended family, I have this obsession with Mahindi because I think it's literally the most gorgeous thing in the world so I went to a Mahindi artist to get Mahindi and turns out the person doing my Mahindi only spoke Hindi and mm-hmm. I know approximately five words <laughs> either of them like none of them would be helpful in the situation so the language barrier was hilarious because I was literally like whining to the guy telling him to please speak in English because I had no idea what he was saying and the dude was like the stupid girl doesn't know anything. <laughs> Apparently behind my back is what happened when my cousin translated for me. It's kind of funny to see how language barriers play a part. Yeah. I know, like, when I visit India, I grew up um, with a couple different languages in my household. So there's Marathi, Hindi, and Telugu. And Marathi and Hindi are very similar in some cases and then very different in other. And I remember... I went to like the eyebrow like beauty parlor in like downtown in America and like this couple came in and she was like speaking Marathi and then the people next to me were speaking Belgu and I'm like oh my god it's like a whirlwind of languages like I can't even like contain it I was like I understand you you and you like I don't know I felt like it was just a weird experience just to understand everybody around you but then the girl like doing the eyebrows spoke like English and I was like okay it's just a weird mix yeah, and then there was like Hindi music playing in the background and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I think that's so cool. When I found out that you had parents who spoke different languages and then they both spoke like a similar language. So you right. spoke three languages on top of English. I right. was like, wow, that is so cool. 
Yeah. And I think another thing that's interesting is we're technically bilingual, right? Because like we can speak the languages, but we're illiterate. Or at least I am. Like I can't read or write. I feel like I can identify which is what language, but I cannot, I, I can't read or write. Yeah. Like I can understand, I can identify Telugu from Hindi because Telugu has like rounder lettering and yeah, like Hindi has more like artistic, like calligraphy type lettering. So I think that also kind of shows how we're like Indian, but not like fully Indian and yeah. like Indian, so it's yeah. uh, kind of like that gray area and we have our feet in two different cultures. Yeah, I know what you mean. I remember like growing up, there were always these like programs to kind of immerse yourself in your Indian culture and I forget what they're called, but I know one was Is called Shushubharti. Yeah, Shushubharti. And there was like something with the B and they would like do like the Indian national anthem in the mornings and then you would go to your classes and like learn the language. And I remember just feeling like I didn't want to be there. Like I, I wanted to be like playing like town soccer with the other girls. Like you know what I mean? Like, I, I just felt like, why is this a priority for me? But like, now I wish I actually paid attention so I could be more fluent in those languages instead of like, struggling to like, talk to my relatives sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I feel the same exact way. Like, I remember going to those classes and being like, all my friends are really like in town soccer, like town softball. Mm. Right? Like, I kind of wish I had the similar, like a, a normal, quote unquote, normal American yeah. kid experience. But looking back, like, if I had learned how to read and write, I think my life would have been so different. Like, I could actually understand the newspaper, which would be... Right. I feel like I'd feel more accomplished if I could read and write and speak completely fluently rather than play town, town soccer with, like, girls I barely know for three years. Like, but you don't realize at that age, because, like, your mindset is, like, so, like, I just want to fit in with everybody else and what they're doing. But in the future, like, this could have benefited me so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it definitely shows up for me personally when I'm watching movies with my parents and whenever something comes across in Telugu writing, I will always be just like frantically like annoying my parents. Be like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Trans- in like real time as the movie's going on because I never know what's happening. Yeah. I think that's the same thing with like kind of being in two different cultures. Like if we had gotten that like town soccer, town softball, like putting your kids in sports experience, then maybe would have, we would have, like, been more <laughs> athletically inclined by the time yeah. in high school, right? And that would have been also a great experience. We would have made friends. And if we fully loved the fact that we were in Indian programs, maybe we could have fully embraced our Indian culture. But it's kind of like that both, like, not being happy where you are. So I think that's right. And I think you're, like, being Indian kind of, like, puts you in this section of what, athletics you can participate in or what instruments you can play and that kind of applied in my life because um my parents were like hey you should try that tennis or you should try playing the piano and I did and I noticed that there were a lot of Indians in that community but I didn't see as many Indians playing like lacrosse or like hockey and I feel like as a new generation if we are to ever become parents we would kind of um, encourage our kids to try something different and to try different sports and different instruments and like different hobbies and st- instead of sticking to that like one area. Mm-hmm, definitely I think putting more Indians like increasing the diversity in the sports is important. I know if I have kids I'll definitely be open to all the things not just like what swimming, badminton, piano, tennis. Those are the four. <laughs> 
a violin maybe if we're feeling a little spicy <laughs> like yeah but I do get kind of like what a parent's mindset is because the sports that Joe just listed are things that you also find in India whereas right. like ball and like lacrosse they're not familiar with it so they'd be like kind of hesitant to put their kids into those sports exactly yeah there's also that thing where you want to like carry out tradition and you want to like show your kids what was important and valued when you were a kid and I feel like that every parent wants to do that so I get like both sides yeah I think also the safety like for football and like for more um contact sports I feel like Indian parents might be nervous right Right. like that wasn't really prevalent where they grew up so they they might not really know the rules and just like how it works and they don't want to risk their kids health Yeah, and I think maybe the last thing we can touch upon today is family. Um, I think, first off, I'll start with the hospitality and openness in both the cultures. Um, I think this really depends on where you are, too. Like, depending on where you are in the States or where you are in India, this might differ. But in general, from what I've noticed in my travels, at least, I think the culture surrounding hospitality is pretty different in India compared to the U.S., um, and like in India, your extended family, so like far off aunts and uncles, like people I don't recognize, don't know the name of, they can sometimes randomly come to visit you, right? So they just like walk into your house and everyone's like, oh, hi, like long time no see. And it just kind of feels like the doors are always open to you. And there's like your family's close, even if they're not literally close, like they might like be farther down the line or they might live far away. But I think they visit each other pretty often. And that's something that's different than in the U.S., right? You don't just, people don't just come to your house randomly, right? Like you plan up ahead in most cases. Like I know um, a lot of my white friends, they have family that's like less than an hour away maybe or even a few hours away and they just don't see them often. Like maybe for Thanksgiving. <laughs> They'll like see them for a day. Yeah, but- I, I'm always baffled when people are like, yeah, I'm going to my grandma's for Christmas. Yeah, she just lives like in the next town over. And I'm like, oh, my grandma lives in like 3,000 miles away. Hello. like Right? Like my, my grandparents live in India and I still visit them every two years. And I mean, yeah. I guess that has to do with like, I'm lucky enough, like my parents and I like have the funds to travel across the world. Right. But like if they are closer by, like we have cousins in Texas and like in Canada, like we still visit them as often as we can. I think growing up a lot, majority of my cousins were in India and when they came to the stage where they went to college and got jobs, they started coming to America and they were spread out all over America and I was like, yes, finally an opportunity to get to hang out with them. But there was still that feeling when I saw them, it was like, we're back in India and we're all together and that like same connection we had. And I feel like another thing is when people come over to your house, like I mentioned, like if relatives randomly visit or even strangers, like you ask them to come in. I think that's like an Indian tradition and probably in other cultures too, in other countries. But you just ask them to come in, like have a seat. Maybe you'll offer them some refreshments and some food. And I just don't know if that's very popular in America, right? Like you meet people at the door, like they'll stand outside. You'll be like, oh, hi, like, okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't think Americans, for as far as I know, don't go to the extent of, like, like, having them sit down and, like, offering them chai, which clearly they wouldn't offer chai, but, like, I feel like there's, like, oh, you can come on in, and you, like, stand at their front door, and they're, like, do you want any water, and you're, like, no, I'm good, and then that's it, that's, like, then you're, like, out and about doing whatever you are, but, like, if you're, like, a Indian household, either in India or America, they're very persistent, and they're, like, come on in, 
do you want food? We just made dinner. Like, come sit down, like, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to chill now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, like, that unspoken tradition of you have to refuse the first couple times whenever someone, like, yeah. something. You'd be like, no, we don't want it. We don't want it. Then you wait until they do it a few more times. And you're like, okay, fine. We'll come. Yeah, that's the same when like aunties and uncles like give you money for like your birthday or like if they visit and your parents are like ain't if, if you're gonna take that I'm gonna slap you and you're like no, no, no I'm good I'm good but they're like no take it take it I'm like I don't know what to do like yeah, yeah and I think that also calling people auntie and uncle mm. is another example of a familial tie like in India it's customary to address an elder who isn't blood related to you as auntie and uncle which is just not a thing in, in the U.S. So I kind of think that shows the closeness of the society and how family-oriented it is. Yeah, I've noticed that. Like, when I have a friend who's not Indian, I don't really address their parents at all as, like, anything. But, like, when I met Joe, I immediately called her parents auntie and uncle. Like, I didn't really think of it. But if I'm with a white friend, say, I don't really address their parents at all. Because I don't know, like, if I call them Mr. or Mrs. or sometimes, sometimes they're, like, call me by my first name. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I think another thing is also, like, that in terms of, like, hospitality and how separate, like, the culture is. Like, when you come back. Like, I have this distinct memory. When I traveled to India and I came back, I was like, wow. <laughs> like, I only went to India for, like, three weeks. But, like, the culture is so different. Like, on the drive home... Like, everyone has their own house, their own lawn. Like, you don't really see people outside. Like, it was just pretty separate, honestly. And, like, in India, like, everyone's like, oh, like, you came from America, right? Like, the whole neighborhood seems like yeah. <laughs> seems like they're welcoming you. Yeah. Right. Random people that I don't even know will stop me on the street and be like, hi, when'd you get here? Make sure you tell your dad I said hello. Make sure he remembers me. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I think that's like a culture difference, like the culture is more separate here, maybe more self-sustaining, if you want to call it that, but. Yeah, I know my parents and like my family always says, one thing that was really different about America versus um, my life in India was that a lot of Americans tend to be individualistic and kind of like separate and kind of self-driven. And then they were, um, and surrounded by family all the time. So their priority was family, family, family. So it was kind of a different culture shocks. And I think we experienced that on a different level as Indian Americans. And I think it's interesting to just see both sides of the story. And I think that's, it's a blessing in a way for us. Yeah, and I'm so happy we got to have this little intro conversation on touching on a lot of different things. And in future episodes, we will be getting more into the trials and tribulations of being an Indian American. And maybe some, if not most of you, can also relate to the many odd experiences we have faced. We'll get more into personal stories and also have guest speakers come and speak to us. So we hope you come back and we hope you learn something new. Before this episode comes to an end, we just wanted to thank you for listening and we'd love to hear from you guys. So please make sure to check out our website, thatcoconutlife.com where you can find all our social media handles as well as other podcast episodes and blog posts. As Rasia said, please share your thoughts and any episode ideas you may have. And as always, remember to embrace that coconut life. Bye.